fucking love who I am, you know? So in that regard, I'm super confident. But then when it comes to what I look like and my appearance, it's never enough. I also know that the way that I look is literally the least important and interesting thing about me. But for some reason, my mind like just just doesn't want to like let that go. Goodbye diets and hello sustainable health. I'm Elise, dietitian and nutritionist based in the Silicon Valley. I believe that we all deserve an effortless relationship with food without obsession. You guys, today I have Lisa Gilmore here with me, host of the podcast Unwinding. When I first listened to her podcast, I was like, this girl goes to therapy and she's woke (laughs) AF. She is the raw, unfiltered friend that we all need in our lives. The girl to go out with, spill your feelings to because she has your back and will stay up with you until the early hours of the morning, drinking the night away. She's based in Miami. And honestly, if I lived there, I would want to go out with her all the days. I could listen to her talk about self-love, body image, dating, and friendship for hours all day. So welcome to the show, Lisa. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? Can I have that on repeat? Like that was so sweet. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. I mean, I'm so excited to have you here because I think you just bring such a raw and filtered side of yourself to your podcast and your social media. And I think my audience would love you. So please tell my audience and the Craving Food Freedom fam more about you and how you got to this place of being where you are as a content creator. I'm so bad at icebreakers, (laughs) as you can probably imagine. Like, I'm never like, oh, hi, how are you? I'm like, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life? Like, I can't, like, there's, I can't, like, I never know where to, you know, how to introduce myself without telling people my eat true Hollywood story, but um, let me summarize or, or spark notes. So I live in Miami, like you mentioned, I was born and raised in Costa Rica. So I lived there until I was like 19. And then I had kind of, I'm sorry if I keep, like, I have some weird allergy going on. It's like allergy season, apparently. I think I'm allergic to men is what I've concluded because my eyes won't stop. Like every time I get a text, I'm like, oh, my eyes are like watering. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so yeah, then I had a, had like a rough couple of years after that. My dad got sick and I ended up postponing college for a year. And then my, my dad ended up passing away after a year. So it kind of threw me off, as you can imagine, completely, because I was very, very close to him, and I have a tiny family, so my parents were, like, just my everything, you know? I mean, my mom still is, but, uh, so that was definitely, like, it shook me, and it made me have to redirect, like, okay, where do you want to live? Where do you want to go to school? What do you want to do? Because prior to that, I, you know, it's so funny now, when I look back at the things that I was drawn to, and the things that I loved to do, in high school and middle school, everybody, when I would speak to my friends about like, oh my God, what are you going to study in college? Or like, what are you going to do? What are you going to, you know, like a lot of my friends had answers or at least had a path. Right. And I always felt not envious by any means, but I felt like, wow, like, I wonder what it feels like to be so secure at this age and like, know what you want to do. Because I knew the things that I liked, I knew the things that I enjoyed, and I knew the things that I could potentially see myself working in. But now looking back, it makes sense because what I wanted to do didn't exist yet, really. I mean, 
of course there were like bloggers and everything, but I think it was very new and in a very different way that it is now. Right. So all I knew in high school was that I really loved writing. I've always loved writing and I loved fashion. You know, I thought like I loved fashion. I loved makeup. I loved beauty. I loved all these things. And I always loved speaking, communicating, connecting. Like I always loved all those things. So it's like, it was, it was, I loved all these things, but I was like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Like I have, I'm sorry. Can I swear? Cause you know, every other word I say is a bad word. So see, this is, I'm, you just asked me to tell you about myself and I'm going back into my childhood. But my point here is I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, in my head I was like, okay, I'm going to do like fashion marketing. You know, my dad almost had a heart attack because he was very business oriented. He wanted me to go to like an Ivy league school, study business or something like that. And I'm over here like, I want to go to fashion school. He was like, Oh God. He was like, Lisa, please. Like, no. So, you know, after he passed away, I realized I didn't want to go to any of the schools that I had been accepted to, especially because after a year of being accepted to a university, if you can defer, but only for a year. And after a year, you have to reapply. So basically everything that I had was gone essentially like I'd have to reapply right so I was basically starting from zero and I was like I don't know what the fuck I want to do where I want to live no idea so long story short I ended up not wanting to do fashion marketing anymore because I was like I don't want to segment myself so much because I don't know that I'm going to want to do fashion for the rest of my life thank god because I don't I just not that I don't love fashion I love clothes but it's not like my passion you know but so I ended up going to I lived in DC and I went to school for marketing and like strategic communications kind of, that was my major. And so, yeah, I did that. And then I had always been so passionate about like, you know, I would watch YouTubers and beauty blogs and all that kind of thing. And I fell in love with it. The first time I saw the first ever beauty video I saw, I think it was Blair Fowler. I don't know if anybody remembers Juicy Star 07, I watched her show me what was in her fucking bag and I almost had a heart attack. I was like, sign me up where like, I want to do that for the rest of my life. So I graduate college and I'm still kind of torn because I know in the back of my head, I'm like, fuck man, like I want to do that. Like I want to start a blog. Blogs were still a thing back then. Not that they're not now, but I think they were very much more popular back then. And people, I mean, people were making like full-time livings off their blogs back then not that they're not now but again much more popular then I was like I want to like I want to start a blog like I want to start a YouTube channel like that's what I want and I, I was too scared I was terrified I just I just couldn't do it I was like there's no way like people would make so much fun of me people would judge me like I can't do it so I started working in social media and i started managing different brands and businesses. I started in Costa Rica and then I ended up coming to Miami a lot. And then I moved to Miami. So then I started working for a social, like an advertising agency. And I was their social media manager, which was really fun. I had like amazing clients. It was great. But every day I knew like, I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm doing it in 1% and for other people, not what I want to do, but I just had no balls, none. So it took me until I was, I'm 29 now. I just turned 29. It took me until I was 27. So right before the pandemic, I quit my job literally two weeks before the pandemic hit. I quit my job and I was like, you know what? Cause I had already kind of started on IG. I like started dabbling a little bit, but was not taking it seriously 
didn't even post my face. I only posted like skincare products, but that was my way of easing into it because it was so fucking hard for me to do it. So quit my job, tell myself, I'm going to give myself the shot. I'm going to give myself a year, see what I can do. See if I even can do this, like it, enjoy it, whatever. And then two weeks later, COVID hit. And obviously, you know, it just was insane. And um, so I think I was a little bit not as consistent that year, but I would say probably last year was the first year full for like full year that I was like, okay, like I'm going to take my brand seriously. I'm going to take my podcast seriously. And I always knew I wanted to start a different brand. So I launched a brand in November, like a separate business. Um, And now here we are. I have literally no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but all I know is I'm, I feel fulfilled and, you know, I love what I'm doing. It's, it's, it's so hard. It's challenging. And um, again, I have no idea what I'm doing, but here we are. (laughs) I think you're killing it. So long. Sorry. (laughs) You have such a beautiful feed and the content you put out there in the world is honestly so helpful. I would love to hear from you. What was it like putting your face out there more and just being the face of your brand and being more vulnerable in that way? Fucking terrifying, terrifying, but I knew I wanted to do it. I was just so scared. So for me, I've always dealt with this fear of how I'm being perceived, fear of judgment, and in a way that it has paused my life in so many different ways. And again, I've been in therapy for fucking years. So now I can see it from the outside in a way and see like what was truly holding me back. It wasn't that I was scared of like some people being like oh my god what are you doing like yeah I was scared of that but more than that I felt two things I felt that I wasn't good enough to do what I wanted to do like like in a way I would think to myself like who am I to like you know start a podcast like I'm a mess like who am I to do that who am I to like post my makeup routine when like there's so many girls that can do it better who am I to like post my outfits when they're so fucking simple and like nothing revolutionary or like you know my body doesn't look good enough like for me it was always this conversation of good enoughness which is still like the biggest struggle in my life so that was like one of the biggest themes and also one of the other biggest themes was I, it took me so long to accept that it's okay to want to be seen Mm -hmm. and like to want to be heard. Like I felt bad for wanting that, you know, like I felt bad that I was like, wait, why do I like want to do this? Like, why do I want to start a podcast and talk to people and, and share my voice and share my story? Like, why do I want to do that? Why do I want to like post these videos and reels and pictures and whatever? Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be seen and heard. But I think again, societally and in many different ways, we're just told to just like, if, if you want that, then you're X. If you want that, then you're conceited. If you want that, then you think you're all you're all that. It's like such a bullshit narrative that I had to really work through. And I still struggle with it in some ways, but I think that was what did you even ask me? I would <laughs> I fully have also forgotten at this point, but Lisa, I'm, <laughs> what did you ask me? I literally don't even remember where, what, the, where the fuck was I going with that? I think we both blacked. Out. Oh, showing my face, yes. showing my face. So, 
Oh my gosh. So basically what was it like? It was very scary, but I knew that I wanted to do it. I knew I wanted to do it. I was just very scared because of what I said. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel this. I didn't feel that. And I felt bad for wanting to do it. So I started really slow. I, you know, if you scroll down my feed long enough, which don't do, cause don't, don't waste your time. Like don't waste your time. Uh, all I posted were skincare products and beauty products. It was literally product shots every single day. And then here and there, I would throw in a selfie. And that was like, holy fuck. Like that took everything out of me. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, so I started like that. And then maybe I would take like a mirror selfie here and there. And then I think what made me feel a lot more comfortable was speaking on stories. That really helped me because the more, that, of course, the more that you do anything, you're going to feel more comfortable doing it. So I really made it a point to post stories, even though I felt humiliated. Like I felt like I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, nobody cares. Like, I'm so bad at this, but I made it a point to continue doing it because I knew like, I want to do this. And I, I don't want to post pictures of myself. Like, that's not why I'm doing what I'm doing. No shade in that whatsoever. It's just not what I want to do. So I knew that one of the main pillars for me was going to be communicating via stories because that's one of my favorite things to watch from a creator. And so, and that's how I develop, you know, it might sound silly, but like how I feel intimate with like somebody that I'm following, like how I feel connected to them and how I gain their trust, et cetera, is by like seeing the behind the scenes. Like I can't connect to a fucking picture of your coffee. Like there's nothing for me to connect with there. So I knew that was a priority. So I would dead ass so at the beginning when I was so uncomfortable, I would grab my phone. I wasn't recording. Okay. I would grab my phone and I would pretend like I was recording mm. just to, just to get even comfortable because I don't know about you, but like, I didn't wake up knowing how to do that or like feeling comfortable doing that. There's some people that, you know, first take they're comfortable and they can shine. That was not me. I had to really get comfortable doing it. So I would walk around my apartment. My neighbors probably think I'm un so unwell with things that they've heard. And I would just walk around my apartment with my phone and I'd be like, Hey guys, so I'm going to show you my makeup routine today. I'm going to show you my skincare. Like for me, it really, I use like beauty products and skincare as a way to like ease into everything and kind of like in a way, kind of like an icebreaker, um, sort of even there's still things that I love and I adore, but it used to really be one of the most prominent things that I would talk about. So anyway, I did that all the time and I would post stories, delete them, post them, delete them. Like that's how it started. And then I just kept going and little by little, I felt better. And I, I mean, I still sometimes don't feel good doing it and uncomfortable. And I assess a picture a million fucking times, or I post a story and I'm like, Oh wow. Like that sounded weird. I should have not, you know, mm -hmm. like we're so hard on ourselves. So I still do that, but I definitely have worked up to feeling a lot more comfortable than I did at the beginning. It's wild to me because today Lisa presents so confident and so you just radiate confidence and wow. having listened to your podcast, I know that I think you have this relationship with food and body that was also really colorful. So the fact that you feel so confident in front of the camera now, I think really speaks to the growth that you've had, but I would love for you to talk to me a little bit more about how you got to this place and also how being an influencer affects your relationship with your body and body image too. I think it's, you know, it's so crazy when you're like, oh, like you're you, like, you sound so confident, you, like whatever. And it's like, I'm coming off like five days of feeling like 
ass about myself and being truly just so unkind to myself. But I've been in therapy enough to where I, I feel like I've developed this self-awareness where I know what I'm doing. I know I'm not being nice to myself. I know I'm like letting these thoughts spiral. And the more that I focus on these kinds of thoughts, like obviously that's what, you know, the more you focus on something, the more it's going to grow, whatever it is. And that's been my mind for the last like week. Like I have not felt, it's such a complicated topic for me because here's the thing. For me, it's always, unfortunately, always been about the way I look. And it's crazy because I don't focus on that with other people. You know, it's like, I tell everybody what you look like is the least important thing about you and interesting thing about you. Like, if that is what you're leading with, like, like yawn, like, I don't, that's not why we love people, right? We don't love people because they have abs or because they have long hair, like, hopefully not. We love them because of how they make us feel and their hearts and the people they are and whatever. But for some reason, it's like, I can sit here and say this to the world, but when it comes to applying it to myself, it doesn't count. It's like, no rules count. Like my therapist would tell me like, it's like, you, you're so kind to everybody, but yourself, like all of the things that you say apply to everybody, but yourself. So it's such a complicated topic for me. It's still honestly like, what I struggle with the most is that whole concept of good enoughness, right? I'm definitely like, I'm definitely in a much better place than I was before, because before it was literally pausing my life. Like I put my life on pause for years. So I don't do that anymore necessarily in some ways, but the confident thing is like, I know it doesn't work this way. And my therapist has told me so many times, like you can't like break yourself up in pieces and decide what part you're confident about. But I'm so confident. This is what I tell people. And I know it sounds nuts, but it's the truth. I feel like so confident in who I am. Like I love my personality. Like I think I'm fucking hilarious. I love my heart. I know that I'm a moody bitch. I know the things that I don't like about myself. I know, like I'm so aware, okay? But I can, at the end of the day, be like, I fucking love who I am, you know? So in that regard, I'm super confident. But then when it comes to what I look like and my appearance, it's never enough. Mm. It's like, it's never enough. And I'll have days when I feel confident, right? For sure, we all do. But then I have so many days that it's such a struggle. So it's like, for me, it's hard to like combine the two. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm always working on being kinder to myself and re like rewiring the thoughts that I feel like have been there for so long. And that's why it's so hard for me to like get rid of them. Um, and yeah, I think I just, I'm like just working on treating myself the way I, I would treat my best friend, which like, I would never say the things that sometimes I say to myself, to my best friends, which I have this rule with myself and I hope if anybody can take something from this episode, take this because it has, it really, really, really helped me like change the relationship with myself. And it's, you know, obviously we can't control our thoughts. We have so many thoughts, like it's impossible to control all your thoughts, but you can control what you say. You have full control of what you are verbalizing. So my first rule when I started seeing my therapist was I am no longer going to say anything mean or self-deprecating, even if I'm kidding, anything rude about myself to 
myself or to anybody else. So if I'm thinking it, that's one thing, but I'm not going to put it out there because who's listening to that? Literally only you. And even if you're trying to be funny and whatever, there's a million fucking things you can make a joke about. And I hope it's not about yourself. So that was my biggest rule. So I still follow that, but my thoughts sometimes can get really, really, really loud. I'm wondering where does that come from, Lisa, with this disconnect between how you value your personality versus your body? Man, I, I feel like I was very unaware of like just body image as a whole growing up. Like I, I, I had a healthy relationship with it because it wasn't like I, you know, I never even thought about it. I was very thin growing up. I had no boobs, no ass. I was just like super thin, ate whatever I fucking wanted, literally whatever I wanted um, I drank a lot. I partied out. Like I just didn't even think about it, you know? And in my house, the narrative, you know, I think a lot of these issues that people have often stem from what you're, we're a byproduct of how we grew up, right. And our parents and what we're taught and whatever the environments that we grew up in. For me, it was never negative. It was never, there was never much emphasis placed on like what you look like. But, um, you know, I think like when I was growing up, I remember in high school, like all I saw was like these Victoria's Secret models that were so tall and, and, and thin and slim. And, and I thought that was the definition of beautiful. Like I didn't know there were other definitions of beautiful. I think a lot of people didn't know because those bodies weren't shown. They weren't celebrated, which is so fucking stupid. But so then I went to college and I definitely like developed later in life. So when I went to college, I, my body kind of started to change in the way that, you know, I kind of got like hips a little bit. And like, um, I just like my body changed because newsflash, our bodies fucking change, but we're not like taught that we're not like shown that at least in that moment, I feel like now the narrative is so different. And I'm so grateful that we have such a different conversation about all all these subjects but when I was when I was in like college like that wasn't really like talked about or anything you know and after college I started to be so hyper aware of what I looked like and I was like I need to change this I need to change that I got a boob job because I never had boobs and it was like such a huge insecurity for me And then I just kind of became so obsessed with working out and eating healthy to the point where I developed a full-fledged eating disorder. And I was just so infiltrated in diet culture for so many years that that's all I knew. And that was like the priority, right? And I was chasing this quote unquote body that I thought I wanted, that I thought was gonna solve all my problems that I thought that once I achieved that, I'll be able to do all these other things that I want to do, right? I had it all wrong because I achieved that body and more. Like I will never fucking look the way I looked once and I still wasn't happy whatsoever. So, but that was, it was paralyzing for me because after that, like, obviously it wasn't sustainable. The things that I was doing, like the gym was my life. I weighed out every single thing I ate. Like it just was not sustainable. I I had no life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I said no to so many things because I thought I could do them because they didn't match up to the routine that I had set for myself. And that's another thing is I'm a very black or white kind of person. I'm a fucking Capricorn. I'm so type A and I'm such a perfectionist. I always have been. 
And my therapist has explained to me that, again, this is not like a blank state, a blanket statement, but like with eating disorders and people that are very anxious and people that are very, that are, you know, I think perfectionists and type A people, again, I have no idea what I'm saying, so don't quote me, but we have very sticky minds, right? It's like you stick to something and you, it's like that, that's it. And like, you, you're going to do that to the best of your ability. So that's how it was for me with that as well. Is like, I was just all in. It was, there was never gray. It was black or white, never gray at all. So it took me years. Like, and when I tell you years, I mean, still to this day is something that I work on is my relationship with food. But so to answer your question, like, that's it. Like, I just, I thought I had to look a certain way to feel good enough. And then I looked that way and it, it still wasn't good enough because it was never about my body. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that there were so many underlying things. I didn't know that I actually, what I had to work on instead of my body was becoming my own friend and working on my self-worth and being compassionate. Like I didn't know all these things existed. So, so yeah. So I think that's kind of where it started. And, and also I just feel like I never, you know, it's like, in the media, at least, like, there were so many trends with bodies, and it's just, like, bodies shouldn't be trendy, like, it's fucking nuts to me that, like, first that was trending, right, and then that was trending, and then this kind of body, and then that kind of body, and it's, like, when we're so young and, like, impressionable, I, I believed it, so I was constantly, like, well, I don't look like that, which means I'm not good enough, and so I'm so grateful now that we see a celebration of so many different bodies, right? And how they're all okay. And how it actually doesn't fucking matter what you look like. It matters how you feel, like literally how you feel. Because I, I said this to myself today because I told you, I'm like, I'm in a struggle moment right now with that. And I said it to myself like, wow. And I've always, I always say this to myself because my therapist like brought it up to me one day, but but she was like, what if you just decided today, like she was like, let me just, let's just pretend that I could wave a magic wand. And today you decided that the way that you look right now is good enough. Mm. Well, what, how would your life change? How would you change? How were, how would your mood change? How would whatever change in your life? If you just somehow magically decided that this is, that's it. You're good. It's good enough. You don't have to, it's fine. And I told you, like laughing, I was like, bust out that magic wand because that would change my life, honestly. So I go back to that because it's, it's, it, it's like impactful to think about, you know? What would change? What comes to mind? Oh my gosh. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is, again, I, I'm in a much better place that I, than I once was, but there's still things that I don't feel good enough to do, like put a bathing suit on and go to the beach. Like I haven't been to the beach in fucking years because I don't want to go in front of people. But like I'll put a bathing suit on in my house and like I'll lay out on my balcony and like I'll feel cute. I'll take pictures. But I just like to me, it's like it's not good enough to present to the world, which is so stupid. It's so stupid. If, if one of my friends said that to me, I would be like, absolutely the fuck not, you know? So that's one, um, I refuse to, and see, like, I just feel so, I hate that this is like such a thing in my life because 
and I said this always to my therapist, sorry, I'm bringing her up so much, but I always said this to her. It's like, I hate that this is like a thing because it ma- it makes me feel so superficial when I'm not. But unfortunately, like, it's such a real thing. It's such a real thing that for some fucking reason affects me so much mm-hmm. where it's like, I also know that the way that I look is literally the least important and interesting thing about me. But for some reason, my mind like just just doesn't want to like let that go but I think if I just accepted that that the way that I look right now today is good enough I think I would just feel a little less um pressure I always feel pressure like if I you know I don't know drink too much eat something eat something I wouldn't normally eat like I always feel this guilt and that's something that I told you I would I want to talk with you on my podcast about is just like attaching these unwarranted and unnecessary feelings to experiences that are so fun and enjoyable. Um, and I've done it way less now. Again, imagine this is like me being good. Okay. This is me in like a much better place, but I still struggle. Like I truly still struggle because yeah, it just is so real. So maybe I would just feel a lot less pressure and I wouldn't think twice about wearing something that I actually want to wear, but in my head feel like I'm inadequate to do so. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sensing this dissonance, right? Between what you logically want for yourself, but also there's a part of your body that is, is having a hard time letting go of these feelings. Yeah. But I think it would be, it would be naive for all of us to think that the world is as accommodating, right? Yeah. That yeah. the world is so nice and so kind to people of all different body sizes And to be completely real, Lisa, like sometimes I think about it. And like one of my patients said this in the past, she was like, Elise, if I just lived in a cave with no humans and just animals, I would feel great in my body. But the fact that there's humans in this world that look at me and judge me, like that's, that's why I'm not okay. So I feel like that could potentially be a little bit why there's this dissonance within you too. Cause we live in this world with people. It's, it's like, and I say this to everybody. It's like, we think, I mean, I agree with you. Yes. But also I think I like to think humans are a, a lot kinder than, than we sometimes think. Like, I don't know. I think that also everybody is so concerned with their selves And we think that we're the most important things on the face of this earth. And we think that as soon as we walk in somewhere that everybody's just instantly judging you head to toe. And I'm not saying they're not. And if you're walking into a room like that, God bless your soul. Like, I'm sorry you're with people like that because that must suck. But I know that's a very real thing. But also I think I want to say eight times out of 10, people are so fucking concerned about themselves. They're not worried about you know, the little, I don't know, the roll on your back that you don't like, I don't know, whatever it is, you know? And so I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves like, oh my God, we're the ones that notice all these things 10 times more than people do. Everybody's so concerned with themselves. And also it's like, you know, I think so many things that we might feel insecure about or that we don't love just because we think it doesn't mean it's true. So I think there's so many people that, you know, when someone points something out that they, they're like, oh my God, don't even look at this. I have a whatever. And you're like, oh, I didn't even see. Like, I think that's so real in general. Like, I think we focus so much on the, on the little things. It's like, imagine if we, 
focus on the things that we loved about ourselves just as much as we focus on the things that we don't like about ourselves. Like we would be so much happier, but it's so hard, obviously, right? And like I said, I have this like fucking fear of how I'm being perceived. And I, I've always struggled with like perfectionism, but I also know that I'm nowhere near there and I never want to be. I love that I'm like messy and I'm loud and I'm a disaster. Like I love that. <laughs> but I think again, it's like it, when I speak about these things, it's always physical. Like for me, it's ne I'm never speaking about like my character because that I I like I'm so confident in. So I think we just also need to remind ourselves that we all have insecurities. You never know what somebody is going home to. You never know what somebody is struggling with. You never know what it took for someone to show up somewhere. And you never know what someone actually might be feeling like shit about. You know, maybe the thing that you're admiring about somebody is their biggest fucking insecurity. And so that's why I always tell people too, like, like that's why I talk, I talk to everyone. I talk to everyone and I try to compliment people as much as I can because I'm like, you have no, and I don't do it just, I mean, I do it if it feels authentic, obviously, right? But but I think we can all probably do a little more of that because we're all fucking struggling, man. Like we all are in some way, you know? Well, I'm really curious about how you came to love your personality and was it always like that? And if not, how did you grow to love it? I think, no, I definitely... I definitely, it took me a while, I would say. I would say when I turned 28, I finally was like, wow, like I finally feel like myself. I finally feel like I love who I am. So I think for me, it was a longer journey in a way where like it took me therapy. It took me hard moments. It took me a lot of, a lot more time with myself. It took me a lot of like isolation in a way like exploring myself, being curious with myself, really like, um, yeah, doing a lot of inner work for me. But I think I, how did I grow to love my personality? That's such a good question. I think that I went through a lot of hard things that made me really change. So I used to be very shy. I used to be, you know, I was just, I didn't want to speak I didn't want to be the first to speak. Like I was much more reserved. Once you got to know me, I didn't shut the fuck up. I've always had that side, but I was definitely a lot more reserved. And then again, hard moments kind of hardened me and I had to kind of step up to the plate. I had to do that. And I mean, after you do that, after you're in such uncomfortable positions, you grow, which is a great thing, right? So I think it was a combination of that. And then to be honest, everything for me changed when I started going to therapy, everything, 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 because we uncovered so many things that I would have never been able to acknowledge by myself. And my therapist helped me realize that, that I have always really liked myself, but I never let myself like admit it or accept it because I, again, thought like, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Um, and I think also, you know, I've fucked up so many times as well. And, and I think being okay with that really helped me be like, you know what? There were so many things about myself that I didn't like, but I never even wanted to like face or like acknowledge or whatever. And I think once I did that and realized like, you know what? 
I am that, I, I, I do. That's one of the things that I don't love about myself. Yeah, I do like this. Yeah, I do require that. Yeah, I, whatever. Like once I kind of started to be like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Like we all have our things, you know, we're not, nobody's perfect. I think spending time with the bad stuff just as much as the good stuff really helped me come like kind of come to terms with everything. And then again, it was a fucking long process of rewiring my thoughts, starting to have more compassion with myself, really trying to treat myself the way that I treat the people in my life that I love because that it's so cliche, but it really is the most, that's when my life changed when I started to be nice to myself, like truly. So, and again, it's still my biggest thing, right? But that's really when I started to, to love myself and my personality. And um, I think also, you know, who you're around is so big because I think who you're around can either bring you up or kind of just keep you in the same spot or bring you down. And I think keeping inventory of who is close to you and who you are speaking to and who is inspiring you and who you're sharing your feelings with and whatever, like keeping inventory of that for me is life has been life changing as well, because I think I'm, I, that's why I think when I was like 28 and last year, like, I really was like, wow, like I feel like myself because it's also when like, I really was like, wow, I love the people in my life. Like I, I, I had way more depth in all my friendships because again, I think once you get to know yourself more then you are able to really go there with people, you know, you're, you're the more depth you have with yourself. I think the more that you're able to have that with others. So even that was a huge thing for me as well. Having people around you that inspire you, that celebrate you, that pick you up when you need to be picked up and obviously vice versa. It's always a two-way street, but I think that was huge. Having people in my life around me that were so uplifting and, and helped me feel more comfortable with myself. You know, I think also um, not even just the people around you, but the content you're consuming always, that was huge for me. Like when I started therapy, I did a cleanse on social media and I, got super real real with myself. And I do this all the time. And I was like, who is not serving me? And it's nothing on them. It's all about me. Like, this is not a them problem. It's a me problem. Mm -hmm. I really cleaned it out. And I was like, that person's not making me feel good. That person isn't adding anything. When I watch this person's stories, I don't feel good about myself. Again, me problem, but I did a cleanse. Cause I don't think people, I say this all the fucking time. I don't think people realize how much of an impact that has on you. You think you're watching somebody's story that is five seconds long, but if you're doing that every single fucking day, something is going to start to like, th- that's energy. I don't care how woo woo that sounds. You're picking up that person's vibe and energy and what they're sharing. And if it's not something that's uplifting to you or making you feel good, then why are you doing it? You know? So I had to get r- real with myself there as well. And so I'm super fucking picky with what I listen to, who I hang out with, what I want to do, where I want to go. I like, I, and I like being picky about it now because I've seen how my life has changed after doing that. And so now I'm like, if it's not going to make me feel good, I'm not going to do it. I love that. Cause, um, I've been, I've been thinking about the same things and it's funny cause we're the same age and I feel like our 
growth as humans is very similar. But yeah, my question was, how how does one find these friends? That's the question. <laughs> how do you find these friends? I, I, I honestly, I like thank God all the time because I have such beautiful friendships in my life. And I always joke, it's not like a funny joke, but like, I really have like no family. Like my family is like my mom. Like, and then I have obviously, thank God, like beautiful people that are not like blood related that we consider family, but I've lost like all my family members. And so in a way I'm like, okay, I think God gave me so many friends. Cause he was like, you know what? I'm going to help you out here a little bit. Um, so I've always had incredible friends in my life and a lot of the closest ones that I have now are friends that I've had for a very long time. But then I've also made so many new friends. And honestly, I've met so many amazing people online and so many people that are now like, like some of my best friends, you know? So I think, I think that's a great way to meet people. When people ask me this, I'm always like, I know this is bad advice because I know not everybody's comfortable doing this, but I just will talk to anyone like, but again, that's me now. I, if you would, if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have never, I would have never, but now like, I really don't, I have no shame. Like if I, if I meet someone and I like, like their vibe or whatever, like I will just be like, let's hang out. Like I have, I have no shame. So that's how I do it. But I also feel like again, I've gotten really lucky. Like I have so many people in my life that I've known for a very long time, made beautiful friends in college and yeah. And then like, I've met people online. I've met people through friends of friends. And I feel like it's not even about how you meet people, but I think it's, I think it's that I really try to, whenever I am speaking to somebody, whether, whether I know them or not, or whatever I just really try to make people feel like I'm actually listening to them you know like I really try to get, be like give them every inch of my attention and yeah I think it helps that I'm very very outgoing and like I think I have this you know I'm bad at a lot of things but I think one of my gifts is I and again, like, ugh, I almost feel uncomfortable saying this because it's like, I'm not trying to sound conceited, but again, why does that have to be conceited? It's not, it's something I love about myself and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like the fact that I have to like defend, like say that <laughs> anyway, I think one of the things that I love the most about myself is I have this really, I have this ability to make people feel really comfortable. Um, and I can crack anybody open. Like I, I really can. And I don't know why that is. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm just very, I don't know. I have no idea what it is, but I feel like I'm really good with people. So I guess that's not the best advice, but I think being really, really friendly and actually being really, really engaged with somebody, giving them your time, making them feel like you're listening. Don't look at your fucking phone when you're talking to somebody, follow up with them. If you enjoyed their com the conversation, let people know in your life that you want to make friends, like tell your friends, like, mm -hmm. I, like next time you go to lunch with whoever, like, I would love to join, like, I would love to meet her, like, tell people, tell people that you want to meet people. And also, again, don't be scared of meeting people online, because in my opinion, that's one of the best fucking ways, because you can literally see what their life looks like, you can see what they talk about, you can see the things that are important to them, you can see like, 
whatever and just dm them like you never know what could happen you know and mm-hmm. i think if something is if you're doing something with love and out of love like i, I just don't see how it wouldn't come back to you and if it didn't come back to you it was not meant for you in every fucking area of life honestly you have such a genuine and beautiful soul i swear this is why like you don't go to sleep on the weekends i listen to your podcast and you're like i stay up stay up until like 5 a.m on a saturday i'm like it's you're probably having these conversations with your friends <laughs> i'm like my friends are like let's go home and i'm like no <laughs> My last question to you, Lisa, is, you know, if you were to go up to that version of Lisa that feels enough in every single way in her life, what would that version of Lisa say to you right now? Wow. I love that. Um, I, you know, I think about this constantly of like how we can get so caught up in a moment and then three years later, you look back at that moment and you're like, what the fuck was I being so mean to myself about in any way? So I think she would probably tell me to calm the fuck down. And she would probably tell me to practice more of what I preach. And I think she would also be compassionate because I think she, she would probably also see everything that I've struggled with and and the progress we've made, you know, I think she would validate that. But I think she would also just be like, you, you have the answer in front of you, but you like refuse to grab it. You know, I think that's what I think. I think that's what she would say to me right now is just like, cut it out. Nobody fucking cares. Like, (laughs) I think that's what she would say. What would yours say? Oh my gosh. What would mine say? Honestly, Lisa, mine, my biggest issue in life is exactly what you're going through right now is like, I don't feel good enough. And I think for so much of my life, I felt like it was because I wasn't pretty enough or cool enough or confident enough and all of these things. But I think that future version of me that is successful and confident and is just, just has that energy about her. She would tell me that it's everything that you've gone through in your life made you who you are today. And they were all important and they are all pieces to the puzzle that will get you to where you want to be in the future. So it's going to happen. You just got to stick with it and just be happy in the moment. Yeah. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. So good. So, oh, what a beautiful conversation, Lisa. And with that being said, where can everyone find you and follow you and see what you're up to? Before I do that, thank you so much for having me. This, I feel like I just looked at the clock and I'm like, wait, how, like that just fucking flew. And I know that I did not shut up. So thank you for listening. I'm serious. Like, thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. And I love this and I can't wait to have you on my podcast. Like I'm so fucking excited for that, but I'm so happy that we like found each other online. Makes me so happy. Um, so where can people find me? Um, I'm on IG at, I, wow, I've never done this, like linking my stuff. I think I've done it once. I was so bad at it. So I'm on IG at Lisa X Gilmore. Lisa Gilmore was taken. Okay. Even though she hasn't posted since like 1993, but that's a whole other story. My podcast is Unwinding with an E, like unwind, wine, like a pun, unwinding. 
and yeah that's it amazing oh it was such a great time today and i will definitely talk to you soon that was beyond fun with lisa just now so please go follow her and the unwinding podcast she is such a fun person to listen to and please tag me wherever you're listening to this podcast take a screenshot i want to see where you're listening to this podcast right now maybe it's on a walk Maybe it's as you're doing exercise. So take a screenshot. I would love to say hi and I'll reshare that post as well. And that way we can create more community within this Craving Food Freedom family. So until next time, see you all next week.